Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Back in better than ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance and Jam Packed. We will be all morning long. We had disasters all around the NFL in the most unexpected places, but we got the best people to talk about them. Rex is here. RC is here. Let's do this. Here we go. Only one place to start. Prescott looking. Now he's throwing in the end zone. It's intercepted. Kazir White intercepted it on a pass to the post and takes a knee for a touchback. Obviously, we're disappointed, but this is part of the journey, part of the humbling component of the National Football League. All right, a stunner in the desert yesterday as Arizona knocks off the Cowboys. That's where we will begin. One of several big surprises on the NFL schedule yesterday. Maybe the biggest surprise is that Fox actually cut away from the game I was watching, which was Chicago-Kansas City, a game in which the world's most famous pop star was sitting in a box watching her maybe new boyfriend Travis Kelsey play to cut away two Cowboys Cardinals, yep. and that was a stunning result. Again, Rex is here, RC is here. RC, the, the Cowboys, I'll ask you the question I asked you all morning long. Was that a bad day, or was that a bad sign? I, th- I think it was a bad day, um, but... If that continues, then it's not only a bad sign. It's saying that that's an omen that the Dallas Cowboys aren't ready to win the championship. And that's all this year is about for this team. This team has the roster that you need to put together in order to win. You lose Trayvon Diggs in the middle of the week, and so you have to make that adjustment if you're Dan Quinn. But last I checked, you weren't going to put him in the seven-man box. Trayvon Diggs wasn't going to be in the eight-man box to stop the run. And Joshua Dobbs and James Conner came out, and they bludgeoned the Dallas Cowboys, and there was no response. I wasn't as disheartened by the fact of the game starting the way it did. I was disheartened that it never changed, that it never – there wasn't a moment where Dallas's talent, physicality ever overtook the Arizona Cardinals. We watched it happen with Daniel Jones and the New York Giants, and you mean to tell me you can't make that adjustment? And so what is Mike McCarthy going to do to help this offense when this defense isn't – Totally dominant, turning the football over, pressuring the quarterback, giving you short fields, scoring points themselves. What can you do as an offense to help them? And that was our first chance to get to see that. And it's in, it's a, it was a fail for Dak Prescott in that offense. Yeah, and, and I think it's a, an alarm's going off. And, and you mentioned at RC about Dan Quinn, who I have a lot of respect yeah. for. I think he's an outstanding defensive coordinator. But he does have to make an adjustment. And, and proof, proof to that was – Josh Dobbs, who they've, you know, we all know has never won a game until uh, yesterday as a starting quarterback, was 14 of 17 against your man coverage. Yeah. And, and Dan Quinn made a living in that man coverage the first two weeks of the season. You don't have digs anymore, so you're not going to hold up playing man coverage. And then to your point, too. The run defense was way worse than the pass defense. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I think that's it. We, we, we're talking about this. Almost like, hey, the best defense in the league. I certainly yeah. said that, and you couldn't argue it after the first two weeks. But they do have to make an adjustment. And I think the adjustment that the offense needs to make is to let Dak run in the red zone. If you do that, your, your passing offense will get better, and, and obviously uh, your run offense will be better, and you'll start scoring in the red zone. But if you're going to leave him back there to be you know, a statue o- over there, you're going to get these interceptions and mistakes that, that we saw last, or yesterday. Yep. So to me, uh-uh, get him back to where he used to be and let him run. They had chance after chance in the red zone yesterday and just couldn't cash in. And then, Rex, I know what really bothered you as much as anything was after the game oh. when Micah Parsons said, we can't play down to the level of our competition. Yeah, I hate, I hate that disrespect thing. I absolutely hate it. 
whether you're you're thinking it and believing it or not, don't you dare disrespect that opponent. Mm. That opponent right there, I mean, th- there's good football players on every single team. This mm-hmm. is the National Football League, all right? And to disrespect some of your peers is total BS, in my opinion. I love Micah Parsons as, as, as a player, but that is – that, that's horrible. You can't say that. And guess what's going to happen to you again next time you play the Cardinals? They're going to kick your ass again. They're going to use that against you. Well, and, and certainly in the next two weeks, the Cowboys will get New England, mm-hmm. and then they get San Francisco. So if you're looking at teams that can be physical, that can run the ball, that can – a lot of the same recipe, but with better players than the Cardinals had, this could be an interesting little stretch yeah. here for Dallas. No, this is, this is a stretch where Dallas gets to prove to themselves that – they're whoever Dak Prescott said he knows they are. Mm-hmm. And if they believe that they're a championship team, if they believe that they could compete with the Philadelphia Eagles and obviously they'll play the San Francisco 49ers in two weeks, you get to prove it. That's the greatest thing about our game. No matter what Rex said during the week to hype his team up, to give his right. team confidence, he knew on Sunday he had to go out and coach and that his players had to go execute. His players had to be willing to go out there and be physical. Dallas Cowboys get that chance. And, like, that's the beauty of what we do. You can talk all you want. We can talk all we want. They get to settle it. They get to they get to prove to us whether or not they're good enough to win games. And that's what's exciting. And so the Dallas Cowboys, you have the adversity, right? You have all eyes on you. Mm-hmm. You've been embarrassed. Like, at least in yeah. my opinion, I would be embarrassed to lose to the Arizona Cardinals if I believe I'm a championship-caliber team. So how do you respond? You get Bill Belichick. You get who's considered the greatest NFL head coach of all time. What you going to do? You get one of the best teams in the entire NFL, the San Francisco 49ers, the next week. What are you going to do? And how different is the conversation we're having two Mondays from now if the Dallas Cowboys find a way to beat the New England Patriots and go out and beat the San Francisco 49ers? We'll be looking as the, at the Arizona Cardinals as a turning point and not the low point. Which would be yeah. fine. And, you know, look, I mean, every team's going to have a bad day. Um, that, that's why I asked the question, which I really like. Is it a bad game or is it a bad sign? Greeny with you again. Rex and RC are here live from the seaport brought to you by Patron. Perfection starts with Patron. I want to do, uh, well, I'd like to try and get in three other games if we can. So let's fly through some of these. Let's start with Miami. Oh my yeah. God. Oh my goodness. I mean, they're, they're just <laughs> fun to watch. And, and I will remind everyone, they scored 70 points yesterday without Jalen Waddle, <laughs> who, who was, I guess their second best weapon, although their running backs are becoming ridiculously good weapons. And that guy, Mike McDaniel, I, the, the, what he is doing with that offense is extraordinary. Yeah, Greeny, absolutely. And we haven't seen that since the, the greatest show on turf, quite mm-hmm. honestly. Like, it's, it's making a difference. You're going to see teams try to copy, emulate it, but I don't think anybody can. They have so much speed. But the thing I've been most impressed with, two things. Number one, Mike McDaniel starts running the football. He had two backs with over like 200 yards of, or over 150 yards apiece. Like, unbelievable. Both the backs scored four touchdowns. And, and you're right, Gritty. Jalen Waddell isn't just a guy. Mm-hmm. That's a Pro Bowl-type receiver yeah. that, that wasn't out there. And they put up 70 points. They kneeled on it at the end of the game instead of breaking the, the all-time record. Yeah. And, but this guy, the, the other thing I was going to say, the, most thing, you know, the, the thing I'm most impressed with is he's keeping Tua upright. Yeah. All right. So he's done a great job. He gets the ball out of Tua's hand in rhythm, on time. And and to me, I'm blown away by the job he's done with that offense. Yeah, I mean, when you know, think about Chris Greer, the the general manager, and I'm trying to find the right way to say this. It's 
Speed is the greatest equalizer in, in sports, and especially in, in the NFL. It's so hard to evaluate players. And what Chris Greer said is, if you're a good football player, we're going to look at the speed. We're going to look at the game speed, not just what we see in the 40. And you've assembled all of these guys who are game breakers. And so if they get a crease, if they get an opportunity, if you put them in space, they're able to take 10-yard carries and make them 30, 40, 50-yard carries, 5-yard catches and make them 50, 60-yard touchdowns. And that's what we're seeing with the explosivity of this team. And when Rex talks about keeping Tua Tungvaloa upright, that's how you do it. Mm -hmm. Tua Tungvaloa became... Uh, a Heisman finalist became the fifth pick of the draft because his wide receivers were Jerry Judy. They were uh, Devontae Smith and they were Jalen Waddle. They were Henry Ruggs yep. and Chris Greer's basically assembled a very similar team. Yep. And so now what he was good at, which is distributing the ball, getting it out of his hands and processing Mike McDaniel is able to put him in position to do, and he's doing it at such a high level to a tongue of Aloha, If he continues to be healthy, as Rex says, is going to be a top three candidate and top three finisher in the MVP. And right now it looks like the Miami Dolphins could be headed for home field advantage. I, I think so too. Yeah. Rex and RC with me. Let me get a couple of quick takes from you guys here before before I have to let you go, Taylor Swift was at the Bears and Chiefs yesterday, but even she could not write a song sad enough <laughs> to capture what the Chicago Bears have become. So, R.C., just I'd like to ask you just to explain one thing to me, because you know that I come from a family of Bears fans and everybody else. And I, how do they get worse? Like, like the Bears yeah. were terrible. Last, they were the worst team in the NFL. They started the process of, of, of moving forward. All well and good if they weren't ready to be a playoff team, weren't ready to – I get that. But how did they get worse? It almost feels like they scrapped the few things that were going well mm. last year. You know, the, the few things defensively you could hang your hat on, the few things that as Justin Fields you could hang your hat on, and then they had a run game, and now David Montgomery is gone. I just felt like in the offseason they thought they made all these moves to make themselves better, and they kind of – forgot to do the main thing, mm -hmm. which is work on improvement. They forgot to do the main thing, which is look at what we were able to do well and accentuate that. Like Rex knows, if I can do this well on defense, yeah. we're going to make sure I put these players in these positions more than not. If I can do this well, on, oh, I can run the ball. I got Thomas Jones, right? I got LaDainian Tomlinson. I got Sean. What was Sean's last name? Sean uh, Green. I got Sean Green. You know what? People don't like hitting these dudes all day. Let's put the football in their hands. And they did that over and over again. And I felt like the Chicago Bears looked at themselves as an entirely new entity and not the team from last year. And they forgot the little things they did well. Yeah, and again, they, they won the offseason. They improved that team about as much as anybody on paper, yeah. but this game's played on the grass, yeah. and and to me, I see a team. The thing about the Chicago Bears, one of the, I mean, you can always say this team has pride. The they, they're the pride of Chicago, and the Chicago Bears represent their their city. I don't see that here. That there's no toughness about this football team, and that's concerning. Yeah, the, the only game you can play while watching them is to try and decide which is worse, their offense or their defense. <laughs> because it. the answer is yes. Uh, <laughs> all right, Rex and RC, one more. Uh, quickly, Rex, yeah. um, you, you are of the belief that the Jets must continue to play Zach Wilson. Uh, tell right. me why. Well, they have to. Number one, they can't afford to bring in another quarterback. <laughs> That's not going to happen. So he is the best guy left on their roster. 
We're going to find out about him. He has to be better. One thing I know, Greeny, the man has NFL arm talent. Yes. That you can't take away. He has mobility. Does he have the intangibles? No, not so far. But he does have those things. So focus on that. Everything they did was put every chip on the table about Aaron Rodgers. He's no longer there. But the offense was built for Aaron Rodgers. Mm -hmm. Now they got to tear it down and say, what can we do with Zach Wilson? And that's the challenge to this, this staff right here. I believe this defense. I believe in Robert Sala. I think he will have this defense even playing at a higher level. That's going to give him an opportunity in every single game. You know, obviously this week's going to be a tough challenge going against Kansas City. But I expect that defense to step up, give him an opportunity in even that game. So it has to be a certain way. It's not going to look like we thought it was going to look with Aaron Rodgers leading it. It's not going to look that way, but you can still win. My big fear, RC, is that they lose the team. Yeah. Which is, they got all these good young players, and they're not here for this. Like Garrett Wilson and, and Brees Hall and uh, Sauce and these guys on the other side. Like, these guys are all accustomed to winning. They all came from places where they won. And then they walk in here. Last year was abysmal. There was almost a mutiny. If they had kept Zach Wilson on the field, they made T-shirts for the backup right. Mike White. Now it looks just as bad. Yeah, I think, I'm worried they're going to lose guys. Yeah, I mean, the, 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 the key is this. You're an independent contractor. You can't lose me when my job is to do my job. And so I think that's first and foremost. It's you don't want to be hopeless. Right. Like you don't want to walk into the stadium and not feel like you have a chance. You don't want to walk into the stadium and feel like you're competing for nothing. That's going to be Robert Sala's responsibility to stand in front of this team and say and say we can compete. We will compete. More importantly, this is how we can compete. Mm -hmm. And if he can do those things and get those guys in that locker room to believe and stand behind Zach Wilson in the capacity in which he can handle Thanks. And understand, this is what he can do. This is what we have to do around him in order to win. I believe you won't lose the team, but it's about honesty. Like, don't go in there and, and bullcorn those guys. Don't go in there and say, we are this, we are that, all these things you want. Say, look, this is who we are. And in order to win games, we got to change some stuff. Let's figure out how to change it. Absolutely. And one of those things, like I say, challenge what, what you do do well. Challenge that defense. Yeah. So you know what? We when need to be great. We don't need to be good. We need to be great. You know what you do, Rex? Honestly, what, what I would do, if I know Robert Sala has his number, I'd bring him in. Bring Rex like, in. Like, honestly, I'd bring Rex in and I'd say, I want you to talk. I want a man to talk to you that's been in this position. I want a man that found ways to get to AFC championships with a young QB exactly like, nah, Mark Sanchez is better than Zach Wilson. Right. Exactly like we are, I want you to hear how he challenged his defense. Because I could bet you 100% Rex was real with him. Rex was yeah. real with the defense and said, this is who we have to be. This is how we got to be every week. And I believe you can do it because you have to. And if you don't say that, if you leave that up to chance, you might as well pack it in. Because that's your job. I can tell you right now, I'd rather you be consistently honest with me than lie to me to make me feel better. And that's what great coaches do. Absolutely. All right, guys, we'll see. Uh, I appreciate you both so much. Thank you for being around here. RC, Rex, Ryan, the best. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Visit Progressive.com. Coming up next, we will ask the question of the day. It is both genius and tragic at the same time. That's after this. It's Greeny on ESPN Radio. 
For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors. I do, you do, we all do, big, small. And when we keep them bottled up, as I sometimes have had, happen in the past, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. It isn't just for those who have experienced major trauma. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Greeny today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Greeny, G-R-E-E-N-Y. Shopping for Mother's Day is usually a challenge because you wait until the last minute, but Macy's Gift Finder makes it incredibly fast and easy to find the right gift just in time for Mother's Day. Whether you're shopping for your sister's first Mother's Day or your fashionista mom who loves to make a statement, Macy's Gift Finder has so many great gift ideas that you can easily pick out something special to celebrate them both. You can shop by price, anywhere from 25 bucks and under to 100 bucks and under. You can also sort by category like fragrance, handbags, and more, or gift lists like for the mom who has everything, pre-wrapped gifts or gifts for grandma. Find top brands like Studio Pro Model Beats headphones, Polaroid cameras, and Samsung smart TVs. So what are you waiting for? Mother's Day is May 12th. It'll be here before you know it. Macy's has the perfect gift guide to make picking something for mom easy this year. Head to Macy's.com slash gift finder today. That's Macy's.com slash gift finder. Greeny, the podcast. All right, Greeny with you here on ESPN Radio. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. If you can't listen to any of the program, or let's say you can't listen to all of the program, all two hours are available on the Greeny podcast, anywhere you get your podcasts. Hashtag Greeny is the name. We've got all our stuff working, and we got the assembled members of the hashtag crew assembled around us. Hembo is here, Bubba is here, Cam is here, and here's the question of the day. You ask these questions. Greeny's question of the day. And it is genuinely both brilliant and tragic. And the question is this. Would the 1985 Bears have made the playoffs if Zach Wilson was their quarterback? That came in this morning, and Cam had put that question into the into the uh, rundown, and it really is a brilliant question because I'm telling you right now, have you ever watched a football game, and when your team had the ball and it was third down, you were yelling punt, and you meant it. But that's what happened yesterday when the Jets were backed up at their own goal line, and they wound up taking a safety that absolutely winds up costing them any chance they have at the end of winning that game. Not that they were going to anyway, but in, there was no question in my mind that it was much likelier that the Patriots would score on that play than it was the Jets would get a first down. The, the likeliest scenario, I thought, was a sack, strip, fumble, and a touchdown. So the fact that the Jets only gave up two points on that play, I actually thought was almost a win. That's how bad it has become. And R.C. said it pretty well. 
We've talked about the five stages of grief here. I'm in the fifth one now. I'm in acceptance. It's over. I mean, I fully accept it. I'm not even mad. I'm not mad at Nathaniel Hackett. I'm not mad at Robert Sala. RC was right. They did absolutely everything this offseason to prepare themselves to try and make a run. And the only thing that couldn't happen, happened. And that is Rodgers getting hurt. And that's the way football goes sometimes. So, sadly, it is over. My biggest concerns are that this incredibly young, talented team that should be good for a while could splinter. Like, this could turn really bad with Zach Wilson as their quarterback, and that is my only concern that remains. Yeah, I mean, two years is a a really long time to have to hold the fort. But my question for you is this. Zach Wilson is effectively playing as well or as badly as we thought and expected he would because he's Zach Wilson. I'm not sure the rest of the roster is as good as I thought. The offensive line is dreadful. Garrett Wilson's the only pass catcher on the outside that has any clue that can, that can get open at all. Like, I don't see another, a second target on this team that's, that's viable. And I'm not sure the defense is great. I think the defense is merely good. Do you disagree with any yes, of those characterizations? all of them. You do? Yes. Um, I believe that with a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, everything would look different. Players aren't open. Aaron Rodgers throws them open. You're telling me Alan Lazard, how many passes did Alan Lazard catch from Aaron Rodgers over the years as a number two receiver? Mm -hmm. Many. He's more than good enough to be that. They haven't even used McCole Hardman. And part of the reason for that, I assume, is because whatever it is they want him to do, it was only the other guy who could do it with him. The offensive line is a major problem, at least in some part, because the quarterback can't get rid of the ball. He only checks it down when it's third or fourth and long. So I, I I believe I'm not suggesting the offensive line wouldn't have been a weakness, but it would not have been. I'm about to use the term Achilles heel, which obviously in this case is a terrible choice of words, considering it was Rogers Achilles that ended their season. But it, none of it would look nearly as bad. How about the defense? Zach Wilson is what the defense is good. They gave up 15 points yesterday. Two of them. They, they give up one play. They gave up one play. They had one breakdown. And they gave up one play yesterday. The defense is more than good. Are they 85 Bears good? Who the hell knows? They actually might be better if their offense wasn't so bad. If teams had to take any chances against them at all, that's where their ball-hawking ability and all the rest of that would come in. The defense won the game against Buffalo all by themselves. I, I think that there has to be at least some level on the defensive side of just resignation. Like, there's nothing we can do here, guys. So the defense is definitely... is. It's, it's excellent. Is it as good as San Francisco? I don't know. But they're ridiculously good. Um, the offensive line is bad, no question. It would be a problem no matter what. But an all-time great quarterback would definitely do as much to cover that up as anybody could. And I think they have more than enough skill position talent on offense. They can't run the ball at all because defenses are begging them to throw it. So I would put 11 guys on the line of scrimmage and say, go ahead, Zach, throw me three today, and that's what they would do. They have to get that kid off the field. They have to. I don't care who. It really doesn't matter who else they play. They have to get him off the field. He can't play. I've never seen a person look less certain of what he's trying to do. However much of that is his fault, I can't speak to. I'm not a coach, but I'm I'm an experienced fan. I've watched a ton of football in my life. I don't know how many players I've seen look as totally overwhelmed and overmatched as he does. So you want to see Tim Boyle starting against Patrick Mahomes next Sunday? I mean, yeah. I mean, whatever. You think, you think that's a better option? It has to. And nothing is a worse option. Literally nothing. So they have to sign someone. I don't care who. 
I mean, Kirk Cousins lost again yesterday. So, I mean, they're 0-3. Is there any chance? At this point, it's not about making the playoffs or any of that. They're not doing any of that. It's about having someone who can run an offense that will make the rest of the players not want to give up. You, you can't have two seasons in a row of the team just knowing we can't compete. You can't do that. Or you're going to ruin some of these young, good players. I mean, this is a disaster. And Zach Wilson is, whether it's his fault or not, he is the biggest reason. And they have to do something about it. All right, let me go around the league here. I got all kinds of takes. Greenies Takes. Here are my top five takeaways from yesterday in the National Football League. Here we go. Number five. Hembo, the Bears are so bad that Fox cut away from the Taylor Swift game. So you have the maybe the most famous person in the world is sitting in the box cheering for a super glamorous player on the defending Super Bowl champions. And my Fox affiliate cut away from the game at halftime, not with four minutes left at halftime to go to Cowboys Cardinals because the game was that one-sided. Blaine Gabbert, the backup quarterback for Kansas City, was playing halfway through the third quarter. The Bears humiliated themselves in that game, and what we saw was the defense give up 25 points for the 13th straight game, which tied an NFL record, and we saw Justin Fields effectively look like he has all season, capping off what was one of the worst weeks any NFL team has ever had. Yeah. They really did. Like, I, I am so stupid. Well, no, this isn't stupid. Because I didn't say they would do it. I wondered if they would do it. When you have everything working against you, when you have the defensive coordinator resigning, when you have the world coming down on your coaches and on your quarterback and everything else, and they're yelling and screaming on Get Up and First Take and all these places and the local talk shows and everybody else, that can galvanize a group. Nothing has ever been better in sports than us against the world. Phil Jackson used to say all the time when I covered the Bulls, he was much happier playing big games on the road than at home. He loved it. He loved being able to take his team in there and be like, you hear all those people cheering against us? It's just us. Guys, there's no one but us in this room. And that's what the Bears had the opportunity to do, and it went completely the other way. That game was over immediately. We were watching it because I've got my nephew there who's from Chicago. My wife is from Chicago. I watched. I would have watched the second half, but I couldn't. I physically couldn't because they took it off of television. I wanted to see them actually try to get to 70 points. They had 35 uh, at halftime, unlike uh, Miami, who actually got there. If they, they could have scored as many points as they wanted. That was a name-your-score game it was, for Kansas it was. City. Th- that was a game between two teams that did not belong in the same stadium <laughs> on the same day. Number four. Speaking of 70 points, the Dolphins are the best team. Uh, the, my, my take number four, and this is, certainly doesn't require a genius, the Dolphins are the best team. Mike McDaniel is Bill Walsh. I love him. I love that kid. He's the cerebral, didn't play, you know, kind of guy that everyone... And then all of a sudden, he's creating an offense. His offense is every bit as creative as Andy Reid's. Every bit as creative. And he's got he's got Tua looking like Mahomes. I mean, all the no look. At, and he did yesterday without Jalen Waddell. He humiliated what is a bad Denver defense. If that kid... Now, again, if Tua is healthy, and that will remain the if on them all the way through. They are definitely, in my opinion, the team to beat in the AFC without exception. They remind me of the Golden State Warriors, like right when the Warriors got started. They went from Mark Jackson to Steve Kerr, and all of a sudden it was like, boom! All of a sudden it was like, not like obviously, statistically, you know, it's, it's easy to see that this team is great, but it just looks different. When you watch this team play, 
Everything is precise. Everything is a little bit faster than what the defense can do. The Broncos had absolutely no chance. The fact that Miami even punted once, honestly, was something of a miracle. They could have gotten to 73 or even 77 points if they wanted to. All right, my, my dad just went out my screen, so I will just go on here. Guys, unfortunately, everything is not working today. Um, so I will just go to number three. And number that three. That the Cowboys can be pushed around. So when we say the path to the Super Bowl goes through this place or that place, in the case of Dallas, it is quite literally true, which is to say the Cowboys are really fast, but they are not stout, and they got pushed around yesterday. Now, were they reading their own headlines? Were they, you know, what's the word, sniffing their own, whatever the heck it is you do? They get a little big for their own britches? Yes, that's fine. Every team is going to have a clunker. But that's why I keep asking the question, is this a bad sign or a bad game? And I think it is a bad sign because it go to sh- when, when, when the hay was there in the barn to be roosted or whatever it is the expression is, they couldn't do it because they are not physically tough. Yeah, the Cardinals ran the ball 16 times for 182 yards and two scores in the first half. The Arizona Cardinals had four 20-yard runs before halftime in that game, when you consider the Cowboys' biggest competitors in the NFC, Philly and San Francisco, both of those teams can bludgeon you. That is absolutely the biggest point of concern for the Cowboys right now. Number two. Number two. The Vikings lost again. Will they consider trading Kirk Cousins? Uh, They lost in ridiculous fashion. We'll get into how they lost yesterday. They basically lost a game because of crowd noise at home. So I'll explain that part of it in a moment. But the question is, as they fall to 0-3, and they have two very tough games coming up in their next four. I tweeted who it was. I forget. They play Kansas City. And San Francisco. And San Francisco. So they're going to be 2-5 and five at best by the time we get to the trade deadline. Do you think they'll trade Kirk Cousins? I think they'll at least have to consider it. But for a team as desperate as the Jets, I think the price tag is going to have to be really, really high. What you have to hope is that the Jets are actually still in better shape than the Vikings are because he has that no-trade clause. If he sees a path to the playoffs, maybe he'll waive it. But I'm not sure at that point that the Jets will be in any better shape given where your head is right now. Now you're probably right. I mean, the fact yesterday was that important for so many reasons. The Jets need to bank wins while they can. That was a game that in theory should be or could be winnable, certainly much more so than this coming week's game is. No, you're right. The Jets are about to be 1-3. and three. And that's about to become irrelevant. So that brings us to number one. Number one. I'm old enough to remember when Josh Allen was the Bills' problem. Remember that? Remember when the Bills were, uh, Josh Allen, all of a sudden, the whole world was dumping on him when he turned the ball over four times against the Jets? Since that time, he has been flat, unstoppable. Josh Allen has reminded absolutely everyone of why he is every bit as good as any quarterback in the NFL. Over the last two weeks, Buffalo has beaten Vegas and Washington by a combined score of 75 to 13. Allen has five touchdowns against only one turnover in that span. And the one interception was a third and 20 bomb that served as a, as a de facto punt. He's playing great. That defense is really, really good. I think a lot of people will remember that week one performance and continue to double down on their Buffalo uh, questions, but I think that's as good as any team in the AFC, and Josh Allen is absolutely going to continue playing this way, I think with rare exception. Greeny Nation is on the Dr. Pepper call-in line, ESPN Nation, presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season without the delicious taste of a nice cold Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. We'll go through some of the good college stuff as we continue, but let me bring hashtag Bubba into the conversation for the first time today, because Bubba, you are a Cowboy fan, and like all Cowboy fans, you were riding high. You were feeling it. Look at Bubba. He has deserted the Cowboys and is not wearing the jersey today. 
He doesn't have on Dak. He doesn't have on Micah. He doesn't have the old Des Bryant throwback we've right. seen him wear. Bubba, what are your emotions on this day after the Cowboys get pushed around by Arizona? Well, I mean, to be clear, while I was riding high, I was not going as far as you guys and a lot of other people. I was not saying best team in the NFL, going to the Super Bowl. I was just happy with the wins. I was I was feeling good, but I was not ready to go there because, you know, things like this are going to happen. So yesterday was incredibly disappointing, but... You know, I'm not. I'm not just like I wasn't going sky high. I'm also not going to say the sky is falling. So, it was disappointing. You know, but they were losing some offensive linemen. The loss of Diggs might have been, you know, hurt him more than I thought it was going to be. So, it, there was no excuse for what happened. They should not have been nearly as bad as they were. But let's just see what happened. They got the Patriots at home next week. Will be a much you know, a bigger test before they got the 49ers game. It was a bad pick by Dak. But again, I'm not. I'm not losing my mind. I'm not going all the way. Oh, now they're the worst team. It was bad, but I'm okay. Rex has made a point uh, or made it repeatedly on TV today that I've sort of used more as an observation over the last few years, but but I don't watch them snap in, snap out the way you do, Bubba. It seems to me that one of the most important pieces of Dak Prescott's effectiveness early in his career was his ability to run. He He was a true dual threat quarterback, and any of us who remember him in college, that was a huge part of his game. And, and maybe I'm just putting two and two together, but it seems to me that since he got hurt, since he, since he had that really horrible injury on that running play, he has struck me as much, much more hesitant mm-hmm. uh, to run with the ball. And Rex is making the point, particularly in the red zone, where they really struggled yesterday, using his legs should be a big part of it. What, what do you, as one who watches literally every snap, what are you seeing from that? Yeah, and no, I think that's probably a good point. Now that you mentioned, I mean, the red zone struggles were really bad yesterday. Where they go one for five, I think, in the red zone, and yeah, some with, of some with of the stuff interception just, and the fourth down turnover. Yeah. yeah, some of the stuff. Yeah, I think that's it's probably probably fair. I think overall, and it probably makes sense why you would be more hesitant to run after that. You know, that injury. I mean, I'd be curious to know what the actual numbers are. If this is just kind of more anecdotal, because I I think I still see him run, and I it's not like there's every time where he's not running. So I do still see him run. I'd definitely be curious to see what the actual breakdown is if he is running far less, because I do feel like I do see him running a little less on obvious plays where you think, hey, he can run for the first down there, and then he's not. But uh, Hembo, get those numbers. Let's see what we got. So in his first four years, Dak rushed for 94 first downs, which is an enormous – like that's really, really valuable for a quarterback to be able to do it. 23, 30. 38. 38 over the last four years. So, I mean, yeah, so we're talking about a lot of lost value. And with Dak, Dak, it's not like – you're not calling a design quarterback run on second and eight. It's when you need the third and one. Right, right. That, that's, and it's when you need it in the red zone. That's a really, really big piece of a lot of really good offenses. We saw it with the Eagles plenty. We've seen it with Buffalo plenty. We've seen it with Kansas City even in some cases. It's the, uh, the strategic quarterback run game. And without Zeke Elliott this year, they don't have that, that battering ram anymore. I'm with you, Bob, because this would be a good opportunity, if, so long as he can physically, to get Dak back in the run game. Okay, so we'll talk more about them as we go. In the meantime, I have no sound about, uh, that I can play, but I want to do the Hembo trivia question. So let's do it here. Uh, Hembo every day. For those of you who were not with us last week, you know that he does his sneaky Hembo trivia question on TV every day. He now does one for us on the radio as well. What is today's question? My wife demanded that I ask a Travis Kelsey-related trivia question today. She's a, she's a Swifty. A, major, a big time. A card-carrying Swifty. So here the question is. So he has scored 74 touchdowns in his career, all for the Chiefs. That is third most in the history of the Chiefs. Who ranks first? Who has scored the most touchdowns in the history of 
of the Kansas City Chiefs? Oh, that's a good question. I feel like we should try and have to name first and second if he's third. We'll try and do that as we continue next on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Greeny, the podcast. All right, no obvious reason, but we'll be Taylor Swift heavy today. Greeny with you on ESPN Radio. Sneaky Hembo, here we go. He asked a pretty good question today, and we are keeping track of our scores. So, Hembo, today's question once again. Travis Kelsey has scored 74 touchdowns in his career, which ranks third in Chiefs history. And my question is, who ranks first? On me, I hit the wrong one. So, so we're keeping track of these scores. So I'm two and two, Bubba is two and two, and Cam is one and three. That's where we stand. Bubba, what is your answer? Who do you believe is first all time in Chiefs history? Well, it took me a little while to get there. I couldn't think of anyone for a long time, but I think I got it. I think Tony Gonzalez. Okay, that's going to be my answer also. Just me to too. say, to him. okay, so we're all going to. So here's what I think we should do. We could create a tiebreaker. Oh boy. Which is, do you want to also throw in a guess of who might be second? Yeah, I got a second guess. Yeah, and I do too. I, I, could, I couldn't come up with anyone else. Because I was thinking back, I'm the only one here who remembers guys like Otis Taylor and people mm. like that from the, champ, the, like the championship Chiefs teams. They won, the, they won Super Bowl four long before this group got there. And they've had good running backs over the years. 
But my guess for second is going to be Tyreek Hill. Is that the same guess you were going to have, Cam? No, I had uh, Priest Holmes. Okay, so one of the running backs. I'll guess Dante Hall. Okay, <laughs> so we got three different choices for second, if indeed Gonzalez is correct. Hambo, how'd we do? The correct answer is Priest Holmes. Oh, so Let's stand by. Go. So hold on. Does that, so the question is, so clearly Bubba and I don't get anything. Oh, boy. Does Cam get one right? No, who said Priest Holmes? I did. Cam did. Does Cam get that one right? I don't think so. I no, think, no, definitely I think not. No. I don't think so. I think so. no, but I get slightly more uh, hat tip. Yeah. How close was Gonzalez? You have the numbers? Yeah, so uh, Holmes scored 83. Gonzalez scored 76. And Travis Kelsey is two away at 74. Oh, my gosh. And, Priest and ha- Holmes? How many That's did Tyreek Hill have? 67. So I was not, yeah. All Otis, right. Ta- Otis Taylor was 60. He's seventh on this list. Well done. Otis, my man. Uh, that time, but Otis Taylor was a really good player. Uh, okay, well done. Uh, Greeny with you here again. You can watch us on the ESPN app. Just click on watch, look for hashtag Greeny, and enjoy any time you want. I want to get a couple of the college notes in quickly here, but Hembo, what is it? you said you had some numbers? Yeah, I think there's two really, really fascinating opening lines for games in the NFL next weekend, and I'm, I'm going to make you guess those. Let's start with the worst game of all time. Broncos at Bears. Guess the opening line for Broncos at Bears. Broncos at Bears. I think, I think as, I mean, this is going to be a really, really sad thing to say because the Broncos just gave up 70 points. But I actually think they're going to be favored on the road by like one or two points. I will say Broncos minus one and a half. Yeah, the line is Broncos minus three and a half. Wow. Can you believe that? That is that 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 is Vegas telling you the Bears are one of the worst teams of all time. Coming off of 70. And then this is the other And road. by the way, not just that. The Broncos last week gave up 35 points to the Washington Commanders who yesterday scored 3 against Buffalo. So Denver's defense is historically terrible and they are a three and a half point road <laughs> Favorite and Chicago? They just gave up 10 touchdowns yesterday. 10 yesterday. touchdowns? Yesterday. It's unbelievable. That is. Conversely. That's quite, a, that's quite a line. The Dolphins score 10 touchdowns, and they play in Buffalo next weekend. I want you to guess the line for that game. That's a fascinating one, too. That's a great game. Is that a 425 game? Uh, it's a 1 o'clock game. Oh, it's 1 o'clock. What's the good 425 game next week? Let me pull that up. I was looking, I'm looking at the odds site, not the... Uh, yeah, it doesn't matter. I, I, I'm, so I, I think the reason you're asking this, if right now... There's all this momentum on the Dolphins. The Buffalo defense was locked down yesterday. Allen is playing out of his mind. The game's in Buffalo? The game's in Buffalo. Yes. I think the Dolphins have such a huge advantage at home right now. Just watching that game yesterday where they've got the Broncos on the sunny sideline and the, and the, and the Dolphins are sitting there over there in the shade, that's got to be like a 15-degree difference. Um, I'm going to guess the Bills are favored at home. I'm, I'm going to guess the Bills are like a three-and-a-half-point home favorite. It's Bills minus two-and-a-half. Yeah. I just think it's such a great microcosm of the league. Yeah. The fact that that outcome could have happened yesterday, and both of those teams are in a – one of them – the team that allows 70 is favored, and the team that scores 70 is the dog. I haven't looked at anything. Um, Jets, Chiefs, can I guess that one? Do you yeah, have please. a line on I that? I got it. I do have it. Because, I mean, I'm scared. How many the- points would, you have to, would I have to spot you? To take the Jets right now. Well, see, I think the Jets' defense is going to play as well as can be hoped, which, which is to say I don't think they've gotten to the point yet where they've just kind of caved and, and given up. I think part of it will depend upon who the Jets' starting quarterback is. Everything they're saying is that they're going to stay with Zach Wilson. They probably will for one more week. 
Um, so I'm going to say their defense isn't going to get totally humiliated. I'm going to guess Kansas City is a 12-and-a-half point favorite. It's only 9-and-a-half, believe it or not. Really? Mm-hmm. Kansas City's only a nine and a half point favorite at the Jets. Yeah, but that line will move that way. Yeah, I mean, I've I've never bet against the Jets, nor would I. But that is a the much more important question doesn't seem is, like enough. The much more important question is, will Taylor Swift be there? I have to believe she will. She's got an apartment here in the city, and you know, she'll be at that. So that, that you know what that is? That is my daughter saying, "Dad, we need to go to the game Sunday." <laughs> <laughs> the last time she saw Taylor was at at MetLife, so she'd like to go back. So if I'm Travis, by the way. I'm telling her not to come, and I'll tell you why. We can't expose Taylor Swift to Justin Fields and Zach Wilson in consecutive weeks because <laughs> she'll never go to another football game. <laughs> I mean, uh, Justin, like, people are asking, like, what, what's the breakup song for her and Travis Kelsey? Like, Justin Fields is going to get a song, and, and Zach Wilson might get an album. If she has to watch him in person next week, she's going to be so confused why she's there and what's going on. She, I think that she is a person of some empathy. She might write, like, songs supportive of Zach Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> she actually has a song from one of her albums that's called This Is Me Trying. And that <laughs> she does. I guarantee you Lizzie knows it. I know that yeah. song. This is him trying? This is him trying. Like that, that I think that is actually she could write, oh. she could put that. That would be the oh. theme song of, of the Zach Wilson blooper reel. It, it could the music could be This Is Me Trying. It's so tragic. Like I've just given it's over. It, there's just nothing to even think about anymore. Like, if you're a football fan and you're a fan of the Jets or the Bears, just the two teams we're talking about, like, it's over. The season just started. We have 14 games left to sit through, and it's done. Like, there's no chance. And especially when your hopes are where ours were. The Bear fan, I don't think, was thinking, oh, this is a year to win the Super Bowl, but, oh, we're going to be so much better and competitive, and then they're, they're worse. And the Jets, we were actually thinking, this is finally going to be the time and we're right back where we were. If I'm NBC, I'm calling. I'm I'm calling her. I'm calling her reps. I'm saying to save us. Oh, please from come. this tragedy. Play halftime. We need we need just to have actually like, play yes. the third quarter. You know how we have, we have like those like for like the national championship. We'll do like the mega cast. Yeah. We just need one like you know half the screen is just like Taylor Swift box ISOs. Because otherwise, we're watching the Jets play off. Yeah. Her she should just do a concert instead of the fourth quarter. <laughs> All right. We'll continue on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN. And also available wherever you get your podcasts.